American people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week, I am joined by Christine Previs for a game of Kingdom, a role-playing game about communities by Ben Robin. Christine is awesome. Uh, they are the host and GM of The Unexplored Places, a fantastic ongoing actual play using the Monster of the Week role-playing game. If you like creepy mysteries, shows like Supernatural or The X-Files, or the Monster of the Week game we recorded with Cole Burkhart from Blue Dawn a while back, you will absolutely love The Unexplored Places. I cannot recommend it enough. It is very good. You can find that at unexploredcast.tumblr.com. Kingdom is a game about communities, the people in charge of those communities, and the decisions those communities face. It is a game we've played before on the show, and I'm really excited to get to show a more serious, driven side of the game I love this game a lot, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. So let's dive in, shall we? And throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Christine Previs. Christine, thank you for coming on Party of One. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, uh, real quick, at the top of the show, why don't you take a moment to tell our listeners at home any cool projects you might want them to know about? Anything, uh, anything that you're working on that you might think they'd be interested in? Yeah, so my main project at the moment is uh, my Monster Monster of the Week actual play podcast, The Unexplored Places, which is about a group of monster hunters in a college town in rural Ohio. Um, it's very queer, it's very uh, strange, and it's very Ohio. <laughs> um, and it's... you can find that... Um, at Unexplored Cast, pretty much anywhere. And it's real good. I've been listening to it. It's real good. I'm it so is glad a you good, think so. It's a good podcast. I like to think it is, too. And I think it's going to get a lot better in the next uh, couple of episodes. So Excellent. Very exciting. So this week we are playing Kingdom by Ben Robbins. It is a game about communities, the people that run those communities, and the crossroads that those communities cross together. Um, it is a story, we are going to, uh, build this community, build our setting, and then play through the people in leadership positions as we face an important decision. So, the first thing that we need to do, uh, is figure out our setting, and then we'll figure out our characters, and then we'll dive in. Um, Great. so, I think we had talked a little bit before off-air, and I think we were both feeling something sci-fi-y. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what are we thinking? I kind of had an idea. If you've got an idea, let me hit me, but I've kind of got an idea if you don't. I had a couple of loose possibilities. So I can pitch those, and if one of them's similar to your idea, we can go with that, or I'm sort of happy to go with whatever. Yeah, all right, um, pitch, me, pitch me what you got. So I had three ideas. One of which is um, group of colonists settling on an alien planet, one of which is a uh, community of, um, or maybe company, of, you know, a mining company on an mm -hmm. asteroid. Um, and the third is sort of a Battlestar Galactica-esque uh, warship of some kind going through space. I was, I was, the idea that I was toying with was, like, a deep space space station. So I think, like, Ooh. the warship going through space is sort of along the same line. Similar, yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. Something where we're kind of, like, going somewhere that we've, that, you know, seeing things that have never been seen and mm -hmm. trying to, like, make sense of things that we have exactly no training for. 
I love it. It's perfect. Excellent. Um, okay, so we are in a giant warship. I'm picturing. I'm picturing. You know, cities. Cities inside of the warship. Massive, mm-hmm. like country-sized warship. Um, yes. Hurtling through an un, unexplored sector. What are the threats that we're facing? We're going to come up with three threats. They are, some of them internal, some of them external. I have a good internal one. All right. Um, which is that I think the ship itself is very old um, and might not be completely mechanically sound anymore because it's aging. I really like that. Yes. So we have this old, beat-down warship. It takes a lot of mechanics to deal with a country-sized warship that is very, very old. (laughs) I also have an internal one, which is that if it's that large, there have to be giant populations of unaffiliated unaffiliate almost civilian work crews mm. and just you know families and other people mm-hmm. and yeah. but the warship is still presumably on a mission and so like being put in that position of like we're in danger and we're not equipped to that has got to lead to some unrest yes and so i think a good third external threat would be what do we think our mission is What are we out here doing? So I've been thinking of it as sort of um, uncharted space way out past, like, anything that's been explored. So maybe it's, you know, my first impulse was to say it's, it's an exploratory mission of some kind, but I don't know that that's the most interesting option. It's just sort of the first thing that comes to mind. But maybe if there's... I don't know, are we responding to something specific, or are we, um, is there a a specific threat that we're trying to address, Um, or are we looking for new places to go? I think playing off of the colonist idea, I kind of like, playing off colonist and the idea that there's, like, civilians, I, I like the idea that, like, we are looking for a place to settle. So it's a combination of, like, this is a colony ship. It's manned by and run by the military because we will probably come across hostile forces as we attempt to colonize. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's this ever-present threat that, like, we are going to come across something and it is not going to be pretty. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of all of this. This is good. Me too. All right. So we've got our threats. Now we each come up with, uh, we each name two locations in the kingdom where players or where characters are likely to be found and interact. This will give us places to roleplay later and help visualize the kingdom itself. Mm-hmm. So, um, where do we, what are we thinking as far as locations? I think, I feel like the, some sort of barracks or like crew bay bridge yeah. situation mm-hmm. feels like a I was natural. thinking... Yeah, I was thinking mess hall, but I think that sort of fills the same niche as like crew barracks would. Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking, I'm kind of thinking we can kind of if it's if the the warship is so large, I think we can kind of play it as, you know, this as like 
a full-on military, like a shield helicarrier mm-hmm. that's just in in this warship. Yeah, definitely. So a military base. We've got a military. So we've got a military base. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What do we think living? What do we think like the living situation is for you know off hours interaction? Yeah. So if we're thinking, so I guess. Since it's, like, a country-sized ship, there's probably, you know, military crew that, when they're not on duty, probably have, like, civilian-type accommodation, similar to, like, the normal civilian populations on this massive ship would. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm picturing kind of, like, like, little, probably fairly small, though, I don't... Yeah, um, like, little small apartments, basically, that sort of line the walls of this ship, almost. That's kind of what I was picturing as well, so I think we're on the same page of, like, massive apartment complexes. Mm Mm-hmm. And I I think world-building detail, I think they're pretty nice. Yeah, I think so, because they're going to be on them for a long time. Yeah, these are. This is a place where you might live your whole life, so it is Mm -hmm. conceivably, as you know, a very sci-fi but i'm picturing the sci-fi equivalent of almost a sitcom apartment yes where it's just very chic Mm -hmm. it's it's a little yeah i like to think that it's a little bit more cramped than say a normal like earth-based apartment would be but it's like very nice yeah um sleek design like everything's really practical like when you look at the like tiny house um like things on HGTV yeah. and they're like, oh, the kitchen pulls out and there's a shower behind it. Things mm-hmm. like that. Ex- um, oh yeah, definitely. It's definitely so very a compact of... and practical, but like nice in design. Yes. I um, love it. I have a, I have a location idea. Hit me. Um, I always love on, in sci-fi on big war, or on big ships in general, where they have like dedicated green space and plant life that helps to circulate the flow of of oxygen so i like the idea that there's just a big park i love it um and it's sort of a place to go get fresh air and like feel a little bit like you're not on a ship hurtling through space and there are benches and trees and and i think that's a big thing right it's got it's a big Mm -hmm. thing that they have made this ship if this is if this is like a colony ship and if and if if it is something that like we have loaded with civilians i think it's got a there's Probably an element of desperation to it, which means there's probably an element of, like, extreme comfort to it. Yes. I like the idea that within this park, um, civilians or whoever can, like, rent out garden space to, like, plant flowers and things if they want. Because, like, you need something tactile to hold on to as, like, a a productive thing that you can do to relax or, like, Mm -hmm. get rid of stress. Um... So that's sort of how I'm picturing this park. And uh, I have a pitch for the, I have I think I have I have a solid fourth location. And okay, is, I had one, uh, but I want to hear yours first. I was thinking, and we could probably we could throw in five locations. That's I think, not a I problem think so, at all. Yeah. Um, I was thinking because a thing I always like in big ship sci-fi is the outside of the ship. Ooh. Is like yes, yes, the yes, yes. Hall. Yes. You know, like. We've got, you know, we've got the magnet boots and we've got the, the grav tech that, mm-hmm. like, there are obviously repairs, especially if this is an old beat up ship. There are repairs that yes. need to happen. 
Absolutely. So there are probably work crews that just are on the ship or are like outside the ship for extended periods, like welding things together. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, right. And then my, my other location, um, just sort of because of the preliminary character idea that I have is um, if there's like a hangar bay for smaller ships, um, like fighter jet type ships. For sure. Yeah. And I picture it's probably a hangar bay for, like, ship... They probably have mm-hmm. several hangar bays that I, I, I almost see in, like, a tiered design. Like, almost picture, like, a staircase that they have, like, a row for smaller ships. And then a, a higher... A tier up they have for, like, the larger ships. I love it. I love it and so then, much. And like, a gunship tier. And it's specifically this kind of, like, like you go to the floor of the ship that you're, like, going to pilot. Mm-hmm. This Absolutely, I love that. All right, so we've got our we've got our kingdom. Uh, the last thing yeah. I think we need is I think our ship needs a good name. I think it needs a really good name. <laughs> oh, what's a good warship name? What is a good warship name? What is a good what is a good warship slash colony ship slash like living ship name? Yeah. I keep, everything I think of is, like, a colony ship or a warship in another piece of science fiction media. <laughs> it doesn't help very much. Because um, I don't want to just copy something. We're better right. than that. <laughs> what if it's called The Homeland? The Homeland is really freaking good. <laughs> yes. That's so good. Okay, I need a minute because that's really good. <laughs> All right, yeah, so we're on the, so we are on, all right, here we go. So we are on the homeland, a massive, older, beat-up warship hurtling through unknown and unsettled areas of, of deep space. Unrest, you know, there are hostile forces, there is uncertainty and danger around every corner, and we are blazing through to find a place to settle down. So here's the here's the first big question that I have. Are there other warships? Are there other colonies? And are we in contact with them? Or are we the only one, or at least the only one that we can hear? I was going to say, I think there are other ones, but I think we're so far away that communication is, if not impossible, at least implausible. Yeah. So maybe we get... Um, oh, that's, that's a terrifying detail. If maybe we get, like random communications from ships that we from, can't like, possibly reach. Exactly. Like, SOS calls from ships so many light years away that, like, they're already, like, they're gone by the time we get the message. Yeah, and we don't, we, we, we know, we know, we hear these SOS signals, we hear just updates of, like, hey, we found a planet, we're gonna check it out, and we're like, it would take us 70 years to even get near that. Yeah, exactly. That's horrifying, and I love it. <laughs> Me too. So the homeland, massive warship sailing through unknown space, danger around every corner. One of several, but the only one that we will ever see in our lifetime, it is it is our home. It is the only home that we will ever know. People are going people are getting restless. They've been on this for for generations and they are getting antsy. Mhm. That's a really good setting. I'm into this. Me too. 
All right, so now we're going to create our characters. Uh, we are going to create, pick a role. There are three roles in Kingdom, which I'll go over, and then we're going to flesh out character concepts, some locations, and uh, a little bit, a little bit more information from there. Yeah. So step one, um, there are three roles in Kingdoms. Obviously, we're only filled two of them at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, there is the power, which gets to decide what the kingdom does and doesn't do. Perspective, who gets to sort of foresee the consequences of decisions that the kingdom will make. And Touchstone, the person who reflects the desires and the people of the kingdom, their attitudes, their, they, the kingdom speaks through their attitudes. If they are angry at something, everyone is angry at something. So which role are you feeling? So I'm thinking about Touchstone. Okay, cool. Because I was thinking about perspective, and I think power. Ooh. I think power is fun to have somebody step into that role as we get closer. To I agree. Our crossroad. I definitely agree. Cool. So we. I am the. I am the perspective. You are the touchstone. Yes. So, uh, who are you? What do you do in the kingdom? What are you? What are you like? What do you look like? What do you do in the kingdom? What is your role in the narrative? Okay. Uh, so my character's name is Seneca Cross, and she is a uh, 25-, 26-year-old sort of hotshot fighter pilot. Okay. Um, uh, she's... I'm imagining her looking... Um, really simply, I'm just imagining her looking like Letitia Wright with, like, the short hair, um, just, like... Tall, thin, really dark skin, um, a lot of, like, energy to her presence. Um, I like the idea that as a touchstone, she sort of embodies the, the restlessness um, mm -hmm. that a lot of the people on this ship are experiencing. Um, she was born on the ship. She's never known anything else. Um, and she's sort of, like, itching to, to do more in a way. I love it. So I'm thinking for my character, I have a very particular perspective character idea, which okay. is um, I am, I also have to think of a good last. My name is uh, Hax Quasar. Yes. Hax is the, the computer analyst or the systems analyst for the ship. Hmm. He is uh, the only computer analyst for the ship because he is literally wired into the ship. Oh, every shit. system, every system on the ship feeds directly into him. His life is an endless, almost barrage of data oh. and like readouts. And you know, he I think he signed up. He specifically signed up for this because like mm -hmm. it was sort of the ultimate kind of singularity experience. He, in some ways, is the homeland. You know, everything, every impulse of the ship feeds into his brain, and he's able to kind of, like, suss it out. I love it. He is, um... It's a little easy to say he's he's a, a, a Richard Ayoade type, but I think that's <laughs> the way... I think that's exactly who he is. You know, he's the, he's the guy that... He's the guy that opted to get plugged into a giant warship. Mm-hmm. But then got plugged into kind of the old, beat-up, left-behind model. Ugh. How old is he? Um, late 20s, early 30s. Okay, so a little bit older than Seneca is. Yeah, I think he... I think he... 
also grew up on the ship. I think we've been at this mm-hmm. for long enough that anybody in their 20s yeah. or 30s is ship-born. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got a computer engineering background. And I think pretty much anybody that is computer engineering is working towards being a sh- an analyst, which I think is the term for getting plugged into some aspect of the ship. And he is simply risen through the ranks to be the highest ranking analyst on the ship, which is why he's getting the most information and the most okay. accurate information. So there are other people who do this, but he's the, the, the highest ranking of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think there have to be other people. Cause I think one yeah. person, your, your mind would blow out. So oh, I think there's, yeah. it's a big teams ship. Of, there's teams of people who do this and he is simply getting, maybe he's even getting, Oh yeah, what maybe he's specifically getting like the other analyst impulses are like getting transmitted mm. to him. Mm-hmm. And he it's his job to like make sense of everyone's emotional and mechanical impulses. Whew. He's a managerial type. He's an admin an administrator. <laughs> That's real good. This is good. This is very good. I guess I All should right. give Seneca a military rank, probably. Um, I, I probably think something like flight lieutenant, I guess, or something that sounds nice, right? Yeah, flight lieutenant. That makes sense for a fighter I almost, pilot. I almost just said flight lieutenant because I live in England now. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, so flight, flight lieutenant, Seneca Cross. So what are two locations where your character is going to be found? I, I think I am absolutely living in the military base and... Mm-hmm. Probably the hall. Okay. I think I live at work. I think I am, I think I'm never, I think I am never seen outside of like a professional environment unless something is, and if, if, if I am seen in the park, it's like a really weird occurrence. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, are, so, hmm, I have a question about your character. Yeah. As someone who's, like, in a way kind of literally or figuratively wired into all the systems, are you literally wired into them somehow? Like, physically? Do you have, like... I definitely have, um... I think a lot of it's wireless. Okay. But I think a lot of it... But I think I definitely have, for lack of a better term, like... I think my entire aesthetic is, like, bored chic. Okay. So I've got metal plates and receptor arrays on my head mm-hmm. and a very, you know, wiry out, like wiry flight suit almost that I'm wearing all the time. But I don't mm-hmm. think I'm necessarily connected via wire. Okay. I think that we've managed, I think, I think character detail is I think people, I think people ask him that and he gets annoyed. <laughs> He's like, we're wireless. It's the future. Why would I have why would I have cables plugging me into a wall? <laughs> He's like, you all have Wi-Fi. What do you think I do? <laughs> yeah. Good. Very good. I love it. Um, all right, so I think that as a touchstone, it's probably pretty important for Seneca to be out and about with the public. So I'm gonna say the park is definitely mm-hmm. one of her locations. And then I think as a, you know, pilot the hangar bay is probably the other one i think she probably has this specific fighter jet that is like her baby and she takes care of it herself and she you know if she's not in the park during her free time she's there working on her ship or 
you know, something like that. So what do you want or what do you fear? I, um, and it's for, it's, what do I want for the kingdom or fear Oh yeah, what do you want for the kingdom or what do you fear about the kingdom? I, um, I think I want us to get off the ship. I want us to, sooner than later, hopefully in my lifetime, hopefully sooner than that, um, I want us to find a real home, somewhere we can stretch our legs and and make a home that's more permanent than this. I think I fear... I fear that when we that when we find a home we're going to leave the ship leave like the ship and the culture of the ship behind yes you know like this is <laughs> this is everything i this is everything this is literally my being and i fear that like when we touch down that's it like my mm-hmm. entire reason for being is gone Which segues nicely into uh, what's what's an issue that holds your character back? I think. All right, so I have I have two options, and I want to hear your thoughts on them. All right. Um, because on one hand, I think, and maybe I think this is probably the easy answer again for this sort of character trope that I'm playing with, um, but it would just be like she doesn't consider consequences before acting. Um, that sort of, of recklessness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, it, it feels too easy. And then I think my other option, I'm trying to think of a good way to phrase it. Um, I th- okay, th- so this is what I think it is. I think she puts too much faith in, um, in command. And in the, mm. you know, the levels of military higher than her, her commanders and the people in charge. I think she has, like, an ultimate unquestioned faith in them that is dangerous. Yeah, that's good. That's very, very, very good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think I think my issue is I, similarly, I am putting too much faith in... No, actually, let me let me rephrase that. My issue is I cannot, for the life of me, see the forest for the trees. Mm. Yes. Like, I get so much data and so much information. I have a hard time, like, pulling back and seeing the bigger... Seeing, like, the, li- the lives that are unfolding. I am so so laser focused on okay there's a pressure there's like a two percent pressure drop in the lower industrial sector we need to you know allocate i am so busy getting all of this information that like i lose sight of the fact that for a lot of people this is their lives in their home oh i love it it's so good all right and then the last thing that we go into is uh what is your relationship what is uh, what is your relationship to hacks, and what is hacks's <laughs> relationship to uh, Seneca? What is 
what is uh, Seneca's relationship to Hax, and what is Hax's relationship to Seneca? So, again, I'm very torn, because uh, because our um, sort of our wants and fears uh, conflict so heavily, I like the idea that we like one another as people. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost think in a way that causes more conflict than if we just don't like one another. Yeah, I think that, so I, th- I think we definitely get along for sure. Yeah, so I think um, I think I know my bond towards Seneca, and this might okay inform, do that, and that might help. Yeah, I Seneca is my eyes to the outside, and mm. I admire that as I admire the somebody that can can exist out like that mm-hmm. can do things outside of the ship i i admire that okay and i think i i think i worry about you i think i worry about hacks um because i worry that you're isolated and um, sort of caught up in things that I think are relatively insignificant. And I think I, yeah, I was going to add something, but I don't, I think I kind of said it all. Yeah, I think, yeah. All right. I'm just going to keep saying yeah until I stop myself. No, I think that's good. I think that I think and that's that's our characters so that we have one final thing and then we then we dive into the game itself. <sighs> and that is what is our crossroad? What are we What is the decision that our kingdom is facing? I have one I want and hit if it, we were playing me. a much longer game, this would certainly not be the first crossroad. But I think because we're we're only going to be playing one crossroad, I think it's the important one. Mhm. Which is, I think that our scanners have picked up signs of a habitable planet. Um, and the question is, is do we try to land or not? Will the ship land? Yeah. Good. I'm glad that that's the one that you, you had in mind because I had the same one in mind. And I, I was like, this is, <laughs> this is the one that we need to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the way this will work is uh, we will play through a number of scenes until we reach one of three scenarios, and then we'll play through some, and then we will unfold things from there. There is uh, time passes, which is simply we hesitate and we see how things change for better or worse with time. Mm-hmm. There is a crisis, which is uh, the things that unfold in the scenes push us to a terrible situation. And then there is the crossroad, which is which. Uh, when we reach the crossroad, we collectively decide if our kingdom goes through with it. Whew. <laughs> it's good. I'm, like, already nervous about this. It's so exciting. Okay. Um, would you like to set the first scene, or should I? I think I can set the first scene. Um, okay. I have two questions real quick first. First, I think I think there's supposed to be four crossroad 
marks because it says to set it up as if you're playing with three people. Oh, you are correct. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I, I removed some, but yeah, you are correct. Yeah. So then there's four crossroads. Four crossroads, three time passes, four crisis. Yeah. Cool. Um, my other question is, I just, I can't remember what we said um, because we didn't mark it on the sheet. Um, you said that your locations are the military base and the hull, right? Yeah. Okay. And yours were the hangar and the park, or the hangar and yes. the apartment complex? Yeah. The hangar and the park. Okay. So give me the first scene. Yeah, so I have just gotten back to the ship in my fighter jet um, mm-hmm. from a scouting mission. And I think it's it's the mission on which we went to sort of confirm that our sensors were correct and that there is in fact a planet where it says that there's a planet um and i don't know um that hacks is the first person i go find when i get back on the ship um but i think i'm definitely like i'm excited and i want to tell everyone that i can about what i saw um because realistically, this is the this is the first habitable planet I've probably ever seen with my own two eyes in mm-hmm. my life. Um, and, and that you were the one to discover, like to see it, is mm-hmm. mind like is mind blowing. Yes. Um, so I'm sort of reeling from that, and I think I guess so I want to set this in the military base, probably in some sort of mess hall or communal space. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just, we'll just say a mess hall for now. Um, I'm envisioning, like, um, not quite high school cafeteria, but, you know, high school cafeteria if it were on a a sci-fi ship. So, like, everything is, like, chrome, steel, and... I'm almost picturing food court. Ooh, food court is good. City block, like a city blocks long food court. With booths upon booths and then, like, rows of tables. Because, like, if it's a, you know, if this is where we are living, I think they've got, they can't rely on a single cafeteria. So they have, like, dozens of tinier establishments and it gives the civilians a way to, like, contribute. I like that. Okay, yeah. Okay, so mall food court, but on a larger scale then. Yeah. Um, And I think uh, I am... I think I go up to one of these these food court restaurant type things and I get my food and it's not, well, yeah, I guess we're big enough. We have real food, though not entirely organic food. Right. Um, but it's some approximation of like pizza or a burger, um, mm-hmm. something yeah. like that. Um, and I like get my tray with my food Um and, and I, I think Hack seeks you out. Oh, okay, excellent. I think, so I think I sit, I sit, sort of centrally, um, mm-hmm. because I think people will probably approach me, and I want to make myself available so that I can talk about this because I, that's what I want to do. But there aren't enough people here that I'm just gonna like approach someone and start rambling about how cool this mm-hmm. was. And I think Hack's a, a, a very specific character detail is I think Hack's hovers. <laughs> <laughs> just putting it in, just throwing it in there. Good. Like floats from, I think he specifically like floats from floor to floor, from bay to bay, and he kind of like floats down 
three different kind of like hollow data pad screens in front of him as he's like hitting buttons <laughs> and then they all kind of blink out and he just sits cross-legged in a chair and leans over and says so tell me about it i know that you're going to so just tell me about it uh seneca just like beams like ear to ear smile um i think there's still like a lot of adrenaline um and i think she totally ignores her food and like turns turns the chair so that she's like sitting backwards on the chair and facing him um and she says you will not believe how cool it is i oh my god i it's beautiful it's it's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen and i think there's a palpable buzz in like there's a we we get we get our first kind of pan out of like the whole crowd and everyone is doing exactly that <laughs> right you're seeing you're, yeah. you're you're just seeing people in line like everyone is like giggling and and move it like talking under their breaths and like fanning themselves and just like it is a buzz in a way that maybe it hasn't been in years yeah absolutely and Hacks kind of like just leans forward and goes, okay, but like, tell me about it. Like, you saw it. Like, this is, and he kind of like puffs out his chest a little bit. As an, as an official information <laughs> gathering report, as a representative of the ship's analyst crew, spill it. Spill every damn detail you've got. <laughs> Um, she, um, I think she, like, like, pokes him in his, like, puffed out chest and, uh, laughs a little bit at, at and with him, because he's a little ridiculous, um, but Mm -hmm. fondly, um, and she says, so you see, you've seen pictures of Earth. It's... It's like you took pictures of Earth and changed the colors. Everything is gold. And he just stares off into space for a long time. And I think even maybe not even maybe not even fully consciously like a simulation like a hologram of Earth and like the colors start to shift kind of like <laughs> appears in front of his face and he just kind of jaw agape is like wow that's a lot it's even better than that in person wow and you got to be the one to see it you got to be the one to find it yeah (laughs) I did I hopefully I'll get to be the one to set foot on it (laughs) I mean, you know that you know that if we land, they're going to name a city after you, right? <laughs> As like, you know, you're the discoverer. They're going to, we're going to be, it might be, I mean, the capital might be, the capital might be Seneca Cross. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no saying the limits uh, of this. I won't be able to live there. It'll be so embarrassing. <laughs> I just, I never thought 
I'd get to see it. Yeah. I kind of, I know what you mean. I kind of thought this was it. I'm so glad it's not. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think she... Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and then, like, buzz it, like, uh, four different hollow displays pop up around him, and, like, the, the, the eyepiece that's around one of it, that's around his right eye, lights up, and he's like, I gotta bounce, kid. Okay, um... Um, I'll make sure to send you the pictures. Thank you. I think she uh, definitely took pictures while oh, she for was sure. flying. She's, <laughs> for sure. Uh, drinks later? Celebratory yeah. drinks? Yeah, definitely. Uh, All right. Good luck. All right, she I'll like, meet you when I'm off the clock. And there's a joke there, because he's never, you've never <laughs> he's known He's never off the clock. Right. <laughs> and uh, that's our first scene. Um... I think that definitely falls under a crossroads scene. I think so too. Yeah. And uh, I've added, I've added uh, to our, but the perspective has the ability to dictate uh, something that will happen if we say yes and will happen if we say no. And I've used it to say, if we say yes, Seneca Cross will be the capital of the new world. <laughs> Perfect. Very good. Uh, now I'm going to have a brief reaction scene as. Hax is like deep in uh Hax is deep in like work like meetings and he's getting reports of military briefings and you know quartermaster allo like resource allocations and <laughs> if we if we don't touch down we're going to have to take desperate measures to get to the next planet that we think is habitable. Right. Supplies are low. So if we, if we don't, if, if we do not touch, if we do not land, we will have to make a desperate jump. Mm -hmm. The kind that we've never made before. <sighs> and he's getting all of this information and we meet up for drinks after Mm -hmm. Actually, I think this is the next scene. Okay. I think the reaction is he's hearing all of this and he's hearing people buzzing and there's just like a military, like he gets a video of a military meeting that is just, if we don't touch down, we don't have the supplies to like safely explore. We're going to have to make a jump. Mm -hmm. And we also see reports that like our jump drive has been damaged for 10 years. Like We don't know if it even works still. It's dangerous. Like, it is dangerous. And he quietly just, like, mutes all of the video displays and looks around and doesn't say anything to anyone. Buddy. So, uh, the next scene is... I'm actually going to dictate a scene in the apartment complex. Okay. What is, uh... What does Seneca's apartment look like? <clears throat> Um, Seneca's apartment, uh, she lives on her own, so it's, um, I think there are probably, like, multiple sizes of apartments, like, for families mm -hmm. and for couples, and, um, so it's, I think you walk in, and to one side there's, 
um, like a twin size bed um, with like a bunch of storage under it. Like you can lift it and it turns into a couch kind of style. Um, and there's a, um, to the other side, there's like a kitchen sink and a stove top or a hot plate type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, if you slide that to the side, it opens up to like a, a shower and bathroom type area. Um, it's fairly small. And I think, um, I think she keeps it very neat. Um, there's not a lot of space for mess. Um, so she keeps it fairly orderly, but I think that there are a lot of pictures, uh, taped up on the walls. And I think some of it's like pictures of, of her and, you know, some of the other pilots or pictures of her and, you know, her parents and her siblings. Um, and I think some of them are like, essentially like the sci-fi version of magazine cutouts. Mm -hmm. Um, um, and a lot of it is like pictures of like places on earth. Like, you know, there's like a big landscape of the Grand Canyon Mm -hmm. and, uh, there's a, like, a picture of like some waterfall in Iceland or, or something. Um, so, so while the room is practically very neat, it almost feels cluttered because there's, there's so much imagery around it. It's very, it's sort of like a very visually stimulating environment Mm -hmm. in that way. Uh, and I think that's where we set our scene as, you are your your home after drinks and hacks didn't show up for mm-hmm. drinks just didn't show not Aww. the most surprising he's a little bit of a flake sometimes yeah um but he practically he like cramers his way into your door <laughs> just like slides in holograms and things are when when he gets stressed you can, it's very, everybody kind of laughs about the fact that it is very hard for analysts in general, but hacks in specific, to hide when he is stressed about something. Because data, data just starts, it's just flying. <laughs> it's just like displays and stats and figures are just like popping in all directions. And it is just, it looks like, it just looks like pop-up spam at this point, like around a person <laughs> is just how like on edge he is. And he bursts in with two bags of cheeseburgers and French fries. And like a milkshake is being held up by a drone in front of him. And he's just like stress drinking a milkshake. Oh, um, I think, I think Seneca was like, yeah, she kind of resigned herself to, to turn in for the night after he didn't show up. Um, and so she's, like, not quite in pajamas, but in, like, you know, dressed down, mm-hmm. clothes, comfortable. I think she's, like, making herself tea and maybe has some kind of TV screen playing something. And I think she takes one look at him and just, like, silently reaches down into one of these, like, stowaway storage cabinets beneath, like, the sink or whatever and just pulls out, like, a bottle of whiskey probably Mm -hmm. (laughs) it gives him one look and is like it looks like you need this and he takes it and he pours uh an upsetting amount of it into his milkshake (laughs) and like stirs it around takes one drink and goes that's too much nope too much (laughs) too much i ruined the milkshake i'd probably like a shot would have been good that's too much (laughs) 
Um. <laughs> but like the but like the data comes like soothes down as he's kind of laughing at this, you know, normalcy kind of returns, or at least as normal as hacks can be. Yeah. Um. I think she takes the bottle and like pours just a little bit of it into the tea that she was about to start drinking and sets it down on the counter and then goes over and like folds the bed up into a couch and then gets up and sits like on the back rest of the couch um, and like gestures for him to sit down next to her and says, okay, something's wrong. I don't know what possibly could give you that idea. (laughs) So you don't want to talk about it. No, I, I mean, I do. That's with the, with the cheeseburgers and the, the drone shit. I mean, yeah, I do. I just. Oh, I thought that was an apology. Drinks. Oh, drinks. Oh, yeah. That's what that's it. That's these cheeseburgers. Yep. These are apology cheeseburgers. You got me. You got me on that one. That means well, I gotta give. That means I gotta get stress burgers as well. Damn it! <laughs> ah, all right, take both. You're gonna have you're gonna have leftovers for lunch. I'm looking forward to that. No, no, I'm not. It's fine. Believe me, it's fine. So, and he just starts kind of being like, "Did you know that power consumption is up?" 14% in the greenery area, like, the the UV lights have been, you know, over, they've been overheating, and have you noticed that the, that the daisies, that the daisies in the community garden are starting to come out a little yellow, because they're getting too much light, it's, we can't figure out why the, the solar cells on the, it's a whole thing, and, that, nope, that's me being stressed again, that's just not relevant to the situation, um, I mean, it is kind of relevant, though, because it's, we gotta, we gotta do this, right? We can't not make this jump, right? Or not make, no, we can't, don't forget I said anything about a jump. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta land, uh, right? Sir, I, yeah, we, of, of course we do. Why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we land? If we, I just, if we land, then the ship is just decommissioned. I mean, it's not like it's, I mean, it's there. It's not a thing that they're going to keep around, right? Well, I mean, you said it yourself, the power consumption's up 14%, the daisies are coming out yellow, I... Yeah, once we have a home, we don't we don't need it. Yeah. That's what I'm stressed about. Oh. Yeah. Am I going to be okay? Are we like are we going to I say we, you're going to be fine. Like, you're going to be great. I have no doubt in my mind that you are going to soar higher on this new planet than any person that has ever soared anywhere else. But, like, 
are we going to be okay? And, like, holograms of, like, headshots of the other analysts start popping up. What happens to us? I mean, we're going to have computers. We're going to have... I mean, running this ship is not the only thing you're good at. You know more about technology than anyone I know. I... Yeah, everything's gonna change, but we'll all find our place. I'm not gonna be a fighter pilot anymore. We're not gonna be, you know, running drills and scouting missions once we get settled and and start building this home, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to have anything to do. That's not, that doesn't mean there's not going to be a place for me. It's the same for you. Doesn't that scare you though? Like think about all of the time you've, le- you've put learning into like fly a fighter. Think about all of the time, all of that. Think about how good you are behind a flight stick. And now think about like, that's just going to go away. Doesn't that like freak you out a little bit? Do you know what the most important thing that I learned in flight training was? Was it how to fight in zero-G? Because I think that's really important. No. It wasn't how to fight in zero-G. It wasn't how to fly. It wasn't the maneuvers that we get, you know, drilled on. It It wasn't, you know, military protocol. The most important thing that I learned in flight training is that is that I can learn something and when it comes down to the line I can be damn good at it the most important thing that I learned is the most important thing that I learned is that I can do what God, it sounds so cheesy. It's, I can do whatever I set my mind to. And so if I decide that I want to do something totally different, if I decide I want to become a, a farmer, I can do that. Sure I can learn it. You're not going to become a farmer. No, I'm not going to become a farmer. But if I wanted to become a farmer, I'd be a damn good farmer. And so yeah, would okay, you if that's like, what you wanted to do. But like, would you just own a farm? Like, What's wrong with owning a farm? I'm tr- I'm just trying to picture. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to picture that. Like, would you have like a hat? Like, what? What is? What uh, is? I would fucking rock a little farmer hat, and I would have mud on my boots, real, actual mud, and I would grow real, actual things that can, you know, that aren't just daisies in the park. I can. <laughs> I could grow the food I need to eat. I could... I could have land that I could run around on. It would be all mine. No, I'm not going to be a farmer, but it'd be pretty fucking cool to be a farmer. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. No, you know, you're definitely... You're always... You're definitely right. 
I'm, I'm, I'm being an analyst again. You're right. This is, this is bigger than the ship, which the ship is very big. The ship is very big. And it's all stuck up in that head of yours, I know. But you don't need the ship to do cool shit. You don't need the ship to... We don't need the ship. There's so much more out there. And I think... I think that we see a montage of people like making plans. I think we get more, see more apartments that people are starting to hang up magazine clippings a little bit like Seneca's and people are starting to like, you know, have that, that view of like, what do I do when, what do I do when we land? And people are starting to be like, I'm going to open a shoe store. (laughs) <laughs> and I think we we cut back to Hacks, and he's sitting there, and for the first time in this entire conversation, there's no data flying, and he's not hovering, and the drone has dropped the milkshake off on the counter. <laughs> okay, I thought you meant just dropped there. it on the floor. <laughs> nope, yep, no, he definitely just dropped it on the floor. That drone just cold, blop. <laughs> whiskey and ice cream is just and it's just like it's it's quiet except for like the hum of the ship it is quiet which it is never really quiet around hacks this is the quietest it's maybe ever been and he's just sitting there like yeah i guess it's time to figure out who we are next and Um, without saying a word he like gets up and walks out he stops at the doorway and he's like, thanks. Thanks, bud. Can I do a reaction? Yeah. I think um, I think Seneca has trouble sleeping that night. Um, you know, part of it's the whole adrenaline thing and, and part of it's thinking about what, what she and Hex talked about. And I think when she's sort of resigned herself to not sleeping, she goes to the hangar bay and just sets to, like, polishing the outside of her her jet and sort of looking at it um, and working on it and just feeling this, like, deep, sort of bittersweet nostalgia thinking about what she and Hacks talked about. Okay, so uh, set, the ne- set the next scene for us. <laughs> Um, I think, uh, there is a meeting, um, with some of the military commanders and some of the, you know, technical people, um, about sort of a plan of action, um, regarding how the ship is going to go about landing, etc., etc., and I think Seneca's there because she is reporting on behalf of her team on sort of, you know, here's what we discovered when we did our flyby and 
whether or not, you know, what potential dangers there are in the approach to the planet. Um, just sort of giving like a, like a overview of the situation. Um, and I think, um, she like does her presentation and then someone higher up in the chain of command takes over and, and she sort of, um, you know, moves back towards the back of the room, sort of against the wall. I'm picturing this big, big room, um, Mm -hmm. with a lot of people in this meeting. Um, there's probably like a representative of whatever civilian government there is that interfaces with the military and like all of the military people who are, you know, higher ranking as well as like lots of, you know, the mechanics and the, this is, and systems analysts and everyone's there talking. Um, and I think as she sort of moves back after giving this presentation, she sort of finds herself, um, drifting over sort of against the wall near where Hacks is. Um, and, um, Hacks is sitting very quietly, you know, like fiddling with, fiddling with hollow displays <laughs> and, in the middle of this, uh, in the middle of of one of these generals, like giving a, a report on like possible security threats on planet, mm-hmm. Hex looks over and like throws you like a little fist bump and just mouths the words, "Wish me luck," and hovers to his feet and says, "Uh, I'd like to raise an issue." And everybody kind of goes quiet because, like, he's kind of he's kind of not there representing anybody. He was sort of there, like, operating the room. Mm-hmm. And uh, Social... whatever. Oh. oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, um, whatever. Like, commander was speaking, sort of seeds the floor to you. We've got a pretty good handle on security threats, but I think that it needs to be. I think that we I think that we are starting to lose sight of the bigger picture. And in some people snicker. Seneca probably chuckles a little bit knowing that mm-hmm. Hax is saying this. Yeah. What do we do when we land? What is going to happen when everything is said and done and when we have built this beautiful society? What do we do then? What's the next step? And, like, an economist steps up and starts laying out plans for, like, okay, fine, but what's the next step? What are the four steps from there? What is normal? What is normal on this golden globe? I dare say we don't have one. I dare say that in all of our preparations for hunkering down and surviving, we haven't figured out a way to live. And suddenly, a big, like on every view screen in the room, um, charts and plans. And for the first time, you get a really good look at Hacks, and he's got bags under his eyes, despite the fact mm-hmm. that even, even running the ship, he tends to get a pretty good night's sleep. Which, which, I uh, giving up, which is uh, 
I'll get there. Um, so he kind of is like, and you see these bags under his eyes, and you see him a little bit like wavy. And he's like, education plans, career career counseling, social positioning platforms. We can plan. We can plan the logistics easily. We are mili- We are military. We are engineers. We are hard thinkers. What I am proposing, and what I am what I am not proposing, declaring, is a broader societal engineering plan. And it is, you know, details on like career placement and all of these like programs to like put people where they belong. And I am changing my role from the perspective to the power. And what I am giving up is uh, my control over the ship. Not in a literal sense, because I'm still plugged in, but in in an emotional sense of, like, analysts have a very strictly regimented, like, health and fitness policy. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like, the ship basically, like, blasts you with white noise at a certain point and, like, knocks you out mm-hmm. and, like, wakes you up when you're fully rested and, like, monitors your health. And, you know, it's, all, like, everything, every aspect of your being is carefully monitored. The, uh, the, ship mon- the ship monitors your health as you monitor the ships. I have basically shut that off because I pulled an all-nighter, like scarf chugging milkshakes and drafting this massive platform my heart breaks (laughs) and i am wired and i'm just like going over all of this and i say and to spearhead this division um i would like to uh issue my first nomination for uh director of Director of uh, Guidance and Motivation, I nominate Seneca Cross. Seneca, like, freezes, like, deer in headlights. Oh, yeah, every eye Probably in the room. Probably every eye in the room, yeah. And he just kind of sits down and goes back to the hollow screens and does not even make the slightest gesture towards you. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, I, I think Seneca is speechless and shocked and sort of, like, waits for... Kind of goes to wait for everyone to stop looking at her. Um... And that doesn't <laughs> happen quite yet. Um, and she sort of like looks over at Hacks, a little confused, and uh, and says, "Can I reject that nomination?" And this is the first time he like reacts to a thing like he. He bolts upright and just kind of, like, looks over at you. And he's like, we can... Well, one thing I should... 
maybe? No. <laughs> I'm going to say no right now. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> no. Maybe. Maybe. As he still tries to look official as someone that has pulled an all-nighter and is trying to give a report. <laughs> Oh, man. I think that's scene. Yeah, I think that's scene. Um, so now that you've changed roles, I think you lose ownership of these predictions. Yes. So, there's no taking them back. Yep. <laughs> and I get the authority to dick to instill things... I get the authority to uh, dictate things for other players, such as appointing you head of this nebulously named Motivation and Guidance Council. Yeah. Um, would that go under... Would that be an order? Um, or I feel like I feel like you made the order, like, if yes, like, this is the infrastructure we're using... Right? So the... The power has the ability to make the, uh, they make the other... Make the kingdom do something to another character. Mm-hmm. So I think what I've done is basically, like, make the military council recognize you as the this figurehead of a position that may or may not exist that you may or may not actually answer to or want. Yeah. Because I think... So I think, yeah. So, um, so the other half of that then is nothing that I say in that presentation is like immediately acted on. Mm -hmm. Everybody is kind of just like, what the hell was Hacks talking about? <laughs> but like on your official like hollow, uh, like org chart, uh, report. It now says, like, Hacks has placed chairperson motivation and guidance. Yeah. Like, it's on there, and it's, like, on all your official documentation now, and it's oh, just no. real weird. Oh, no. All right. Um, I have a reaction. Okay. Um, which is... Okay, before before I do this, this is a, a crossroad check, mm -hmm. right? Which means yeah, we only yeah. have one more crossroad. Yes, check. unless things go to crisis. Which means that. Oh, but I can. Can I do that? I think I can do that. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that's you, separate. No, as the touchstone on your turn, you can absolutely check crisis if you feel like if you feel like if you are unsure about the things unfolding. No, I think it's a personal crisis <laughs> more than a uh, shipwide crisis. Well, I mean, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Um, you're the touchstone. There is That's no true. personal. That's true. Mm. If you are feeling uneasy with this, or with this weird social platform, then that means that. There's no way that there's no way that our antsy civilian crews are feeling differently. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. I think Seneca and I think the people start to feel too hemmed in. 
Like, we've got this whole world of possibility, and suddenly here's someone saying, you know, this is this is how we're going to do it. This is the, you know, weird infrastructure we're setting up. Um, and this is, you know, this is the role we're placing you in, um, in a way that's that's a little uncomfortable for people who've been, you know, fenced in on a ship for years and years and years being told what to do. Um, and I think... Let me just check something about reaction scenes before I do my reaction, because I want to see if this is... I can do this in a reaction or if I have to do it in a scene. You can perform single action as part of your reaction, use your role, challenge something, change your role, or overthrow someone else's role. Okay. Um, I think after this, Seneca goes to the highest ranking military official that she can find and has a good relationship with. Um, and I think she asks for a promotion, essentially. Um, I think she makes the case that as the expert, uh, on this, um, on this planet and on, you know, the military side of the plan in terms of, of approaching the planet and touching down, um, that she should be put in command. Mm -hmm. Um, and that she should have, uh, I don't know how to phrase this, but I want to overthrow you. <laughs> Okay, good. Power. Very good. Um, I don't remember exactly how overthrowing works. Yeah. But yes, I absolutely want I want this to happen very badly. Me too. You can over overthrow. Uh, okay, um, so here's how overthrowing works. Um, you can only overthrow someone by stepping into their shoes and taking their role for yourself, which you've done. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. If you succeed, you can choose to undo every... If you choose... If you, if you succeed, you can choose to undo everything they did with their role. Mm -hmm. uh, you can prove a perspective's predictions wrong. You can countermand the power's authority or show the people of the kingdom do not have that. Mm -hmm. However, um, I, I decide if you succeed or if you need to do more. <clears throat> yes. I think you, I think you succeed. Okay. Uh, I think you succeed, but also you need to do more. Because I think... Um, what has happened is, like, let's see. You've shown how you overthrown. I think that uh, the one thing that I'm going to say you still you have to do is you're not just going to be able to do this in a meeting. Mm -hmm. It's going to require a face-to-face -face confrontation with Hacks to, like, dismantle everything he's put in place. Okay. And then I'm going to pick a different role, which I am going to pick. So, and I'm going to pick a role and not pay a price. I am going to pick. Oh, I'm picking Touchstone because that's painful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and I have to sacrifice something. I have to give something yep. up. 
And I think... I want to say, I, is it enough to say that I give up Hats's trust? Yeah, I think so. I think, like, we are we are not friendship canceled with Hacks. Yeah. There were two think, painful options there, but I think that one's slightly more painful. As I think, and I think by extension, probably, you probably give up trust with a lot of people. Yeah. Like, you, you have gone from being, you know, one of the crew... To basically being management. You have, like, yeah. just cold left... Ev- you've kind of, by default, had to have left everyone in the dust. Yeah. Like, all of my, you know, my flight squad and mm-hmm. the crew and, you know, just the, like, civilians that I'm friends with and all of that. So I think uh, the next scene is um, Hax is on the hall when Seneca comes and finds him. He's just sitting kind of cross-legged, but like feet squarely planted because you can't quite sit like fully cross-legged. You kind of have to like Spider-Man it. Mm -hmm. Because you have to keep like the pads of the feet on the ship. So he's kind of got to like Spider-Man sit. And he's just kind of looking out. And they're in these, like, sort of, probably not super bulky because it's sci-fi, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, bulky EVA suits that make gesture sort of unnatural and awkward in a way that it's not usually. And, you know, they have helmets on, so they can't, it's hard, hard to read people's facial expressions and things like that through it, which is sort of prime real estate for uncomfortable conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think she makes her way out onto the hall and over to him and sort of does that awkward no, she almost does that awkward sit down next to him sitting down next to him is something that she would have done, you know, two days ago. Mm -hmm. She stands. Um, She stays standing. Sort of not quite looming, but looming over him a little bit. Um, I think she's quiet for a minute. She's not quite sure what to say. Mm -hmm. Um... And then she says, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, and then she says, you're needed inside. They're doing a systems test. I can manage the systems test from out here. I know. But. We're just trying to put the final details in place. We would appreciate your input. Oh, you would appreciate my input. Well then, that's a surprise. Look, no one wants to... No one wants to start 
our new life and our new home with a tidal wave of rules that they have to follow before we even know what we're dealing with. And I, as someone who's not a touchstone character, mm-hmm. am aware that that is not necessarily reflective of what people want. He actually, he kind of utters, not everyone on this ship is as optimistic as you are. And in what Jeff Stormer recognizes is a horrific breach of, of uh, ethics and is just straight horrifying pulls up, like, personal video logs of various people being like, I don't know what we're going to do when we get down there. What if it's... And, like, another one. Do we even know if the air is safe? Do we even know? And, like, one by one, he just starts pulling up these video logs. And, like, I think not even pulling them up, dropping them into, like, your... HUD screen. Oh, just like an overwhelming number of them all at once. Yeah, just one at a time of like clips of people being like, what if there's no food down there? Like, what do we, like, what if, what's it going to be like to walk on ground? Like, isn't that going to be weird? And just like people just uttering all of this. And he's like, I, I wanted you in that position for those people because I knew if anyone if any single person could motivate and could help people not be scared it was the person that helped me not be scared and and you went over my head and shut down my entire program I didn't want that kind I didn't want that kind of responsibility. I just wanted you, to be able to shape my own future for once in my life. And I guess you got that. And I guess she, that's exactly what you got. For like a split second, she looks like she's on the verge of tears, and then she stops and takes a deep breath. And she says, We're doing a systems test. You're needed inside. And that is an order. Okay. I'll be inside in a moment. And finally alone, my reaction is just hacks on the hull for what might be the last time. Looking out over all of those stars, all of those asteroids. Looking down to the ship. Looking out into the infinite emptiness. And he says... Goodbye. I'll miss you. And he heads back inside. And I am going to add a check mark to crisis. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and do you think that's a crisis scene or, or a crossroads scene? I'm so... I'm so torn, honestly. Um, but it... I don't know, because if it's a crossword, it's the last scene. If it's a crisis, we have one more scene. Let's make it a crisis scene so that we can have our final deliberation as I we prepare so. for landing. I think so, yeah. All right. So where do we... So I guess we are we are meeting doing our final systems check in the military bay. Mm-hmm. Set the scene for us. What does it look like? Where does... Hax hovers in. What does he find? It is... So you know in movies when, like, mission control of a space mission is, like, waiting with bated breath to see if something's going to... Mm-hmm. work like that tension mm-hmm. is is like that's that's the feeling of this room everyone is sort of on the edge of their seat as we go through these last tests and and checks and plans sort of finalizing all of the details to make sure that this is possible and i think seneca is right in the center of it all and i think she is just stone-faced and hacks hovers down next to her wordlessly you know, flits of data, touching hollow pads. Touching hollow pads with one hand? No. Hax hovers down next to her. And there's hollow pads, like, flitting and, like, alerts that are going untouched. And he hands her a milkshake. And he's got one in his hand as well. <sighs> and he kind of, like... Wiping a single tear from his eye, he just says, Awaiting your orders. That's it. That scene that has to be seen. That's, scene. That's yep, our that's crossroad. Scene. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay. So and we think, hit the end I of the I think we get shots. We get shots of all of those scared people, like, in their homes, like, just looking at their view screens and just quietly, like, everybody is just quietly watching this and starting to nod and, like, okay. You know, that same sense of, like, quiet acceptance is spreading throughout. Now, um, one thing... In that scene, or in the scene before, uh, something that you can do, and I'll let you do it now, Mm -hmm. is you can give orders that are carried out if uh, one side of it happens. Yes. You can give conditional orders. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any, but I realized that that was the thing that I had been forgetting. 
Yeah, I was trying to think if there were any that I wanted to make. Um, okay, how upsetting do we want this ending to be? Should I should I give us a little bit of hope at the end here? Oh, for sure. I mean, you uh, go as go as hopeful as you want. Like Seneca is gonna make an order that if yes, Hax is given that position that he wanted to give her. Okay. Minister of, I don't remember what we called it. Motivation and, motivation and inspiration. Motivation, yeah. Okay. So now we go into endgame. We've, we've filled out our crossroad. Yeah. Alright, let's look at these steps. Uh, this is going to be endgame. Yep, this is endgame. This is it. It's all coming to this. Uh, we read aloud the crossroad and all of the items in the yes and no columns. Um... So the crossroad. Will the homeland touch touch? But the crossroad is: Will the homeland touch down on this newfound planet? If yes, the capital of the new world will uh, declared to be Seneca Cross, as the as not only the person that discovered it, appropriately enough, the leader of the the leader of the ex, of the the landing commission. If we touch yep. down, the ship. And everything that we have ever known will be de- decommissioned, presumably scrapped. Parts of it may be kept in a museum. And by order of command, Hax Quasar will be commissioned uh, chairperson of inspiration and motivation in charge of helping place people in the new world and help people find, like, adapt to life on planet. So now we come to the decision. Which anybody with the power roll gets to decide if they are making a yes or no. No one else gets to vote. Yep. And it's... It, it has to be yes. It has to be yes. Oh, especially because I forgot that if we vote no, we have to make a desperate jump into hyperspace and yep. land wherever we land. Yes. Then Not yeah. great. <laughs> we make the jump. Step four, orders. Uh, for each order, a power character put onto the winning side... The power player who controls it decides whether to let it happen or cancel it. Um, yeah. I'm assuming you're letting this happen? Yep. Okay. Uh, Hacks. Except I think we see a shot of Hacks in this new role with like 47 screens around him and spreadsheets and things. And like somebody comes in to sit and it's just bombarded by data. Because that's all Hacks knows, right? It's like, yeah. it's like, well, you've shown great knowledge in the aptitude test. So, and it's just 47 things. Now we come to predictions. Uh, for each prediction on the winning side of the crossroad, the prospective player who controls it resolves it, decides whether it comes true, and if it happens, narrate um, the character seeing it come true. Now, I relinquished control of my uh, two predictions. Yep, so they have to come true. So they definitely come true. So I think I think we see Seneca at the like official... Naming sir, it's it's months and months and months later, um, because the, you know they had to build this, you know, city. It's not a city yet, even it's essentially a, a town. Um, it's, it's houses, it's places to live. It's not anything phenomenal yet, um, but there's a, a naming ceremony, um, and uh, someone asks her to say a few words and she 
just sort of shakes her head and declines. And um, I think there is no big ceremony for decommissioning the ship. It's sort of just to take, like a lot of it is taken apart by necessity. Yeah. And so we kind of just see it at a scrapyard, like taking chunks of it and hacks. No longer in his outfit. Now he's just wearing a tracksuit. Scars where like the implants were. Is just standing watching the ship. Watching this thing that was his being be disassembled and just utters. I'll miss you too. I can't believe I'm crying over this. How <laughs> you know this is good shit. I know. Oh. And last but not least, um, well, not last but not least, next we come to popular reaction. Uh, touchstones decide whether everything that has happened to the crossroads brings the kingdom closer to disaster or calm the kingdom down. I think we do okay. I think our colony does all right. It's not safe by any means. There's still no, you know, we've not really scanned, you know, we don't know the planet as well as maybe we'd hoped. And there's definitely rumors that there might be threats that we might have to, like, hold against. But we think we did okay. Like, we, we were able to, people are able to live. We see sort of big shots of people on the ground and people breathing without respirators and businesses and stores and and farms and farms now one at a time we'll read our wish or fear aloud is that still what your character is thinking about so why don't you go first my wish is for us to have a real home And I'm still thinking about that. I am. And I'm happy that we found something that could become and hopefully will become that. But I can't stop thinking about what it cost us. And I am... My fear is that when we land, we will leave the the ship behind and the culture of the ship behind. And I'm still thinking about that, but I think it transitions from a fear into a wish. That I wish that we carry with us the, the values that the ship instilled in us, that our time, like, we were by default very close-knit. You know, an important thing to note is that when we were both at a touchstone, we were very close to the other person. And I think that is something that is also true for the rest of the ship. Mm-hmm. It's like people, relationships were strong because people, because we were all we had. And so my wish is that we keep that sense of closeness in the new world. And that's game. <laughs> That's game. That ah! ruled. <laughs> that was amazing. Yo, that was great. <laughs> yes. Good. Excellent. 
Ugh. I'm just like, the sun has gone down since we started, and I'm sitting in my room in the dark, like, crying uh, a little bit. <laughs> that was excellent. Oh, Christine, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. This was a thank blast. You. Thank you so much for having me. This was incredible. Uh, so real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find your work online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cprevas, P-R-E-V-A-S, and everything else that I do is linked from there. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a blast yeah. and a half, and I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it future, me. Thanks, Bass Me, and thanks again to Christine for coming on the show. That game was amazing. I am... Oh, that game is really good. Be sure to check out Unexplored Places at unexploredcast.tumblr.com. Follow it on Twitter at unexploredcast, and then follow Christine on Twitter at cprevis. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod, then slide over to Facebook and like the show at facebook.com slash Podcast. Then head over to bit.ly slash Discord. Join the community, chat with us about role-playing games, professional wrestling, the show, you know, all of the things that people like to talk about. Then if you're still feeling the Party of One love and you just, you want to share it with the world, consider giving us a nice iTunes review or maybe a social media shout out or a word of mouth recommendation to a friend. Any of those things help the show reach new listeners, which helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things. Then after all that, you can also head over to patreon.com slash Podcast, back the show, help us pay for hosting fees, equipment costs, convention appearances, new games, all the little things that keep the lights on for Party of One, and in exchange you can get some bonus episodes, interviews, mini podcasts, all kinds of good stuff. Again, you can find that at patreon.com slash Podcast. Now, if after doing all of that, you're just sitting there thinking, oh, I just need more Jeff Stormer in my life, then you should probably listen to All My Fantasy Children, the character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by your listener prompts, hosted by me and my best friend, Aaron Catano Saez. You can find that at allmyfantasychildren.com. And finally, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I really want to come on to Party of One as a guest, whether you are a podcaster, game designer, writer, journalist, actor, professional wrestler, doctor, either academic or medical, or you just love a good role-playing game, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. Party of One is, as always, produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. <laughs>